0: All right, let's go ahead and get started. Okay.
1: I wanted to see if I could make you do the eyebrows more than just the sound.
0: (laughs) All right. I know my Botox is wearing off, so they're not as high as they usually are. (laughs) So this is slashers, your mm-hmm. new favorite, your new favorite podcast about your new favorite horror media.
1: It sure is.
0: My name is Aide, and with me, as always, is my colleague Jake, who is you know interrupting me, which is adorable. Word up. <laughs> as well as our special guest today, Travis Ayers. Hey
2: guys, <laughs> return visitor.
0: Yeah, we're so glad to have you back, Travis.
1: I'm fucking stoked about it. Thank you. Yes, glad to be back. <laughs> this is you my second to. episode <laughs> back in a month. The first one I got all the jitters out so I could give you my full and undivided Jake is in full form and talking way too fast, way too loud and just being obnoxious. Well, that's exactly what I want. So, that works. It's crazy too cuz I've I've taken off the caffeine. Nothing. No caffeine since I got back from Hawaii. And let me tell you, it is a very weird experience.
2: Do you yeah. have like an alternative that you're using or I, don't, I wouldn't know how that works. Cause I don't think I could ever do it.
1: I just drink a lot of decaf coffee, which does have like some mm-hmm. caffeine in it, but like just nothing.
0: Oh, wild. Well, I'm a big iced tea you. guy.
1: And so <laughs> okay. I like, I stopped getting caffeinated tea. And so literally I'm pretty sure the tea bags are just filled with sawdust because if there's no caffeine in it, it could just be any brown leaf. And that's what my, I'm just tainting my water with. So it's been, a, it's been an experience. I highly recommend Sawdust. it to those who are masochistic.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't do that here. Sorry. I don't think I could ever do that either. So there's that. But yeah, so Travis, what have you been up to since we've had you on the show last? I think it's been like two years now.
1: That's what we're talking. Crazy, right? It's been two years. Yeah,
2: it's been two years. Cause I think Jake, I believe I talked to you like right after, like we had already filmed cyst, but it was like shortly after we had wrapped, I think. Right. I am like, it's been so long ago. Like I, I very vaguely remember. Yeah. So yeah, we, we last chatted after we had done filming cyst, you know, it it was kind of like an interesting circumstance with that. So, you know, I, I did the podcast with you, did a couple other podcasts, and the following uh, fall, so, like, when it was festival season, uh, we are hitting all these festivals, we were kind of under the assumption that, you know, SIST would probably come out earlier that next year. So, 2021. So, we did, you know, Chris Jericho podcast. Like, we did all this promotion for it, which was good, but then it turned into, you know, a waiting game. And this was kind of my first experience kind of, like, you know, playing the waiting game with the Crazy. movie. So it, you know, I think at first it was really stressful and really frustrating because it's like, you know, you put four months of your life into something and then like, you don't know when it's going to come out. And it did so well at festivals, like people were enjoying it, having a good time. So yeah, it was one of those things where it's like you have a really rare like collectible and you just want to show it to someone. And you know, no one wants to see it. But then when it finally you're finally able to share that collectible and people like lose their mind over it, you know, that's that's kind of like having cyst actually come out is is just such a great feeling. But yeah, no, it's, it's been a couple of years. I got married, I moved from Pittsburgh to Nashville. I've probably seen, you know, some more movies in that time frame. Yeah, so pretty much same song and dance, just new location.
1: Yeah, so I mean, have you put on like 15 pounds moving to like a barbecue state?
2: Brother, I've lost 15 pounds. What? <laughs> I You're doing I can't, it all wrong, damn it. I know, man. Like it's, it's, so it's really weird. Like I like fried chicken, like everything that Nashville is known for, I, I love, but my stomach doesn't love. No. So I've been going like, you know, by no means I'm not like vegetarian or vegan, but I usually I've been going for those foods just because they make me feel better. Yeah, yeah. I, I have tried some Nashville chicken. It is really good, but it's also a lot. So, you know, I, I, I don't really dive into that whole kind of part of the Nashville scene, but with that being said, there are a lot of good vegan restaurants. We did just get, you know, it's complete opposite of vegan, but we did just get a Whataburger and I had never heard of, or I've never been to one before. So when that finally opened, uh, went to that was blown away. Absolutely loved it. But yeah, no, it's shockingly, yeah, I haven't put on weight since moving here. I've probably lost a couple of pounds.
1: You got that Kurt Cobain tummy going on.
2: I do, yes. That might be my new uh, Instagram handle. Yeah. I'm going
1: to trademark that as well as my pitch to you for cysts too. I don't know if you remember, but it was going to be that the cysts grow on different types of people, like a punk with a mohawk and then like an old stuffy woman. And it's like gremlins to the new batch. And each little cystoid has the attributes of the other one. I think it's great. It prints itself. I'll write the novelization.
2: I mean, I would absolutely love that. But however, we have to stick with the title that like all of us wanted to go with. We want to do "Sis to Sister Act." So yes, <laughs> we can title it that, and then we can also run with your idea where each sis ball turns into yeah a, a different character. And that. you have to have a punk. You know, there has to be one with a
1: mohawk. No of mind. course, I just mm-hmm. got the new the uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Revenge of the Shredder, and there's oh, Be-Bop I still Don't play Eddie. it oh it's so good and the first level is bebop and you're just like oh it's so perfect you know he has his mohawk and his cool shades and it just looks so good in that pixelated style I love it
2: uh, yeah I haven't played it yet but I've seen like videos and screenshots And you know I was always I mean even more recently always a big fan of Turtles in Time like mm-hmm. just a really fun video game that, you know and I think that's like I had not really been a video gamer in a while uh, but got a Nintendo Switch and like kind of literally had a switch where i started playing video games again and you know it's a lot of these retro smash and bass like you know side scrollers that i enjoy you know streets of rage i i still have so much fun playing that and i can you know probably beat it every three months and then just play it again so yeah i've kind of loosely got back into video games
1: yeah i have a, a 3ds i have it hacked Thanks to uh, Ooh, Jim Turn, okay. actually gave just gave me his because he wasn't using it, and it has uh, Streets of Rage one and two in three D, and it's a it's a shitty little gimmick, but I love it. But it's, it's a so fun it's to a be good gimmick, yeah, a kangaroo in three dimensions kicking somebody, like for sure. Why yeah. wouldn't I do that? On <laughs> American, not to. Oh, I
2: love it. <laughs> I love that Rue just got brought up. I, I had to kind of put that in there. Did not expect Rue from Streets of Rage to be discussed on any podcast that I ever do, but
1: I love it. So this is the, the challenge. After we finish talking about all these found footage films, we're going to pitch a movie starring Rue in a found <laughs> okay. footage film. That's the goal. Okay. Aid, write it down I'm so I don't forget because I'll forget.
0: Well, I'm writing all these names down so we can have the metadata. So and It's not Rue is <laughs> in
1: Rue Paul. It's Rue is in like Kanga.
0: Like Kanga, like Roo. the marsupial. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, I got Okay. <laughs> but yeah, now that's nice that you guys play video games and have fun for that. <laughs> you have <having> fun now. <laughs> yes. Anyway, but yeah, so Travis, I know that you were talking about one of the things that you wanted to come on with us and discuss, and I thought it was a really cool topic for found footage because I don't really think, Jake, and you'll have to help me out because I'm old and I can't remember. I don't really think that we've really touched on too much found footage in all of our episodes. Have we? No. Yes, maybe. Not I don't really, know.
1: but we've talked about like as above, so below in a couple of movies, but not like as a okay. genre, just like a few ancillary films.
0: Yeah, and then I realized like, oh my god, I, I've seen so many of them, but I don't really know like, and I did a little bit of research. Well, obviously, I did as much as I could on the um, some of the movies that Travis had suggested. And I was looking and like, oh, okay, so this is cool. They use this type of camera. They do this type of thing. I'm not well-versed in those types of things because I've, I've never made a movie, so I don't know what I'm talking about or <laughs> what it means. <laughs> so I know there's a couple of things that you want to touch base on about that found footage. So whatever you guys would like to jump in about. Because I, I think it's really important that people know, especially how these are filmed, because I it seems like such an easy concept, but is it really that easy Like for people to do and manage and make look real? I don't know
2: it can be so and and thankfully you know so uh, this past year i i taught film courses at a film school in sacramento it's for adults with disabilities and all the classes were online so five days a week you know i was teaching different classes and one of the classes i taught uh, on wednesdays was found footage class and a lot of times to kind of keep engagement moving i would bring on guests for q a's and, you know, yeah, I would bring on a lot of these found footage directors. You know, I got the Blair Witch guys. I got the Pearson tapes, St. Francisville experiment. And for the most part, all of them kind of gave me the same response in terms of making a found footage movie. Um, it can be really difficult because a lot of it is, you know, sometimes you'll have improv actors or, or no names or first timers. So there is a slight learning curve sometimes with that. Um, But they even said, you know, even with with infrared movie that we have coming out is when certain actors are allowed to kind of use that improv uh, technique, I think some of them come out of their shell and you get their best performance because they kind of, you know, they get to be amped up version of themselves. And I think, you know, it's kind of like pro wrestling, like there there's a character, but there's someone behind that character. And i think with found footage a lot of these actors they get to do that so sometimes you know yeah you you might get a different performance but before i go off on a big rabbit trail let's go back to the original question they can be difficult to film but for the most part they're fairly easy you know a lot of times you don't have a script that you know says this this and that usually you get like a general idea it's like okay You're going to go in this building, you're going to allow them to, you know, you're going to show them all the classrooms, you're going to give them a tour of this building, and then, you know, the end point is you take them to the basement. So in between that, you know, 15-20 minutes or whatever it takes up, you know, it's, it's up to the actors to carry it along. So sometimes you might have actors that, you know, might not be able to do that or feel uncomfortable doing that. So that can be, you know, kind of a a troublesome part of found footage. But for the most part, and it's, to me, it's the real reason, especially from like a producer standpoint, the main reason to do a found footage movie is they are very cost effective. You, you know, you don't really have to put a lot of money into a found footage movie. Um, You can even use, I mean, cell phones, like, as long as it shoots 1080 like you can get away with stuff i mean you can even shoot lower than that like i i know people that have made found footage movies with camcorders like VHS camcorders and then just transferred it to digital so it's it is it's one of those genres where you can pre, there are no rules so you can kind of get away with whatever you want but yeah you can make them very cheap and because it's became repopularized more recently and a lot more have been coming out it's a very easy genre to sell so yep. like once you finish it to sell it to a distributor as long as it's you know quality but it's it's a very easy type of genre to sell to a distributor because most of them know that you know yeah they're, they're going to make their money back and then you as a filmmaker you know whatever you invest you're going to make that money back quick especially if you're only paying you know if you put in 10,000 to 12,000 dollars like you're going to see triple that uh, on streaming so it's a very successful genre definitely you can you know like i said you can film it for literally nothing and you know it can catch on and and people love it and then kind of the last thing about the genre before we we jump into the history and stuff one thing that can be really tough with the genre is the fans mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's just like horror fans and I'm one of them. I I can be very critical on horror movies and sometimes I like the worst ones that people hate, but with found footage, you know, it's, there are rules like, you know, there's rules as, okay, well, why is the viewer seeing this? Like, why, why are we following this person? Why is the camera there? there? There's a lot of like nitpick things that, you know, the fans will pay attention to. And I think that's good because they're, they're looking for certain things but yeah, found footage fans can be, you know, very, very critical. Uh, I think more recently, I've seen it, uh, there's a Facebook group that's fantastic, found footage group, and Dashcam did not get the uh, the best reviews, because people, you know, there are certain things that they didn't like about it. Personally, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. But it's, it's again, it's a really tough market in terms of audience. But the real, the actual, really, the big but is... It's still people are still watching it, so that's generating views. That's generating revenue. So, and that's with any movie. There's a lot of people that hate *Insist*. There's still people that hate *Insist*. You know, it, it's just one of those things. But even if they hate it, they still watched it. And even it's, you know, if it's a penny per view, you're still getting some kind of revenue. Yeah. And good pa- bad press is good press. So if people are talking about it, even if they don't like it. It's it's still getting your movie's name out there. So, you know, yeah, kind of to, to put a bow on that is it's a gray genre as far as like, you know, putting little in and getting a lot back, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the fan base is really critical. Uh, distributors are really into that genre right now because it's, you know, the numbers kind of speak for themselves. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's a really fun genre. And then if I'm able to like step back a bit and and as a fan, which kind of is the reason why I'm here is just because I'm a fan of the genre is I I like that feeling of feeling like I'm watching something real, even though I know it's not real. uh, It's it's something that's different. And I think sometimes like that's what I I miss out on horror movies like I'm not able to like dive in and like things don't scare me as much as they used to. But there's been certain found footage movies recently that have kind of gotten under my skin. And I'm sure one of them we'll talk about, but Hell House LLC, that was one of the first ones that I was like, oh, okay, that like actually got under my skin a little bit. So I think, you know, as a fan, found footage movies are can be really enjoyable because they can you can actually like, I don't know, I don't want to say believe, but it, it gives you that kind of like what am I watching? Like, is this real? And it is, it's like kind of like a, an experience that I, I really enjoy. And I know a lot of other people do too. So found footage. <laughs>
1: well, one thing with like found footage, I always think about like cheap old movies, like cheap old slashers, camp films, things like that. Not camp is in like campy, but camp is in like quite literally like a horror movie set at a camp. Mm -hmm. It's the cheapest you could do. You can film without permits, you can do it. And this is like a cheaper version than that most often. And Mm -hmm. so just like you're saying, I think it allows people to kind of be more ambitious in other ways of trying to retell the same story in a different way. It's kind of like, yes, ending in, in uh, improv, right? It's like, okay, I've seen Blair Witch and this element. And then somebody yep. sees that and that, and you can kind of expand upon it. So you're totally right where if it's overly derivative, people get upset. If it's too different, people say it's not authentic. If it's too polished, people will say, oh, that doesn't even look like found footage. But if it's too shitty, people aren't going to like it. So it's really mm-hmm. an enigmatic sub-genre. Where you can get people being aggressive but also celebrating what do you think Aiden?
0: yeah i agree i to both your points i mean if you think about like when you're watching you know any found footage movie if it i feel like if it doesn't bother you or it doesn't get under your skin then it wasn't really very effective yep. and like some of them that have gotten under my skin the den for one i was trying to talk about that a couple weeks ago on a different episode because i couldn't remember the damn name of that movie but it bothered me so much i thought about it for days and the ending is just awful like what a horrible like just nihilistic way to end a film and I feel like they all sort of end in that very bleak kind of kind of way like VhS2 for example like especially the well obviously the cult one but the the one where the kids are being attacked by the aliens and the the GoPros on the dog. The little, the little doggy falls at the end. of like, no. So I just, I think that they're they're so much more effective at getting under your skin and and just kind of sitting with you for a while than some other films. Simply because I think that they do have that real feeling, like you're actually, you know, you're being voyeuristic here, watching these people and watching, you know, what's going on and that sort of thing. Paranormal activity is another one. I know people like love to hate on those. But that first one, when it came out, I remember I couldn't sleep for days. I didn't want to be in my apartment alone. I don't know why. I was like, I just don't want to be home because the girl looked like me and she was you know, studying to be a teacher. And so was I in college. I'm like, oh, my God, is this my life? Am I going to be? <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. I think it's a really interesting genre. And I, I think that there's the type of people who are like into the into the Blair Witch and into their old school like found footage and then people that are more into stuff like as above so below that is so like in your face intense and just like completely over the top that sort of thing so I don't know like where you guys fall on that or if you fall on either That's where I think like either people like it like oh my god in your face or people like a slow burn so mm-hmm.
1: At this point in my life, I don't think I'd have the patience to like a Blair Witch. You know, I am too overworked. I have too much media that I'm just constantly wanting to consume. And I always, always feel behind. I have so many people who reach out to me, oh, you should see this, you should see this. And if it's not instantly gratifying, I'm not getting anything out of it, you know? And so like, for instance, Cloverfield. I love that movie because it's just chaos throughout and it's not the best movie. And there are some, you know, questionable people in it nowadays, but like, I still like the movie. It's still fun and exciting to me. And I remember the time aid you'll love this when we saw it opening night, midnight, crowded full, no empty seats. We had to sit in the front corner, but the benefit of that was there was a handrail and so I had put my feet up on the handrail and you know, it starts off with like and it's the text at the bottom and it's like, and it's saying something what's well, quiet. And I farted the loudest I've probably ever farted in my life. And it's the best laugh I've ever gotten in my comedic career. It, it waved up the audience behind me like a tsunami. And as we left, my buddy's like, this is the fart guy. He did it. And so, oh, love. Well, that's my favorite found footage movie just for that.
0: It's all those vegetables, Jake.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I got the opposite of Kurt Cobain tummy. I've got Courtney Love anus. (laughs) Oh.
0: Oh my
2: that God. might actually be my new, I would rather that be my <laughs> IG handle than the Kurt Cobain tummy one. So, <laughs> but no, Aid actually mentioned something really good. And it was, I think it is one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of people like the found footage is the the term where, like, uh, mm-hmm. I think as a, as a, not just a country, as a world, we all like seeing things, you know, it's like, and sometimes I feel like more so than not we like to see bad things, you know, we, yeah. we want to see the bad in the world, we want to see this video where something happens, you know, and, and yes, good videos out there do exist, and people do watch them. But You know and i'm i can't lie like you know i'm going to be gravitated more towards the oh you shouldn't watch this it's terrible it's like saying that is just kind of like okay well i want to check it out so i think you know that mentality just as a a world uh is is one of the reasons why i found footage movies really you know get people interested because it's like you know yeah you're standing outside the window looking in um, and, and watching what these people do. So yeah, I just want to make sure here's a really important word. I think that, you know, really helps drive the, the found footage phenomenon, if you can call it that.
1: Yeah, like riffing off that, it's not just my favorite Blood Brothers song, love rhymes with hideous car wreck. But I've always <laughs> loved that, that term hideous car wreck. And I use it a lot, like, because that impulsive nature, the looky loo, when you, like, this is not unique to California, but I see it every day of the people where it's like the accident is six lanes over on the opposite side, and that person's the one who died, and the people going the opposite direction are like peering over and going twenty miles an hour slower, as they like maybe see some blood, and that just it's every single time, and these are intelligent people, and they cannot talk their brains out of it. It is just in our inherent nature to be like. Is, am I going to see some brains on the floor? Like, what does a yep. brain look like outside of your head? And, mm-hmm. and I think this is kind of, it definitely exploits that.
2: <laughs> oh, God! That's just, yeah. That's, I mean, that's the world we live in. And you know, I, that's actually a, <laughs> Jake, that's a fantastic example because yeah, I was coming back in, in an Uber and you know, there was an accident and me and the driver both were kind of just like peering over. Cause there was like, you know, th- three or four lanes of cars, to our right but the accident was also on our right so you know yeah we're kind of at a standstill but we're also like you know looking over and we're it was weird because we're both like i hope everyone's okay but But then we're still looking (laughs) yeah so it's it's such a weird dynamic and i think just us as humans we do that it's like you know you you hope for the best and you wish for the best but there's a part of you that you know you want to see that and i think that's just like such a perfect analogy because I, you know, just within the past couple of weeks, that's something I did. What about you, Aid?
1: I know you you watch your Dr. Pimple Poppers and stuff. You like seeing the things <laughs> you're not supposed to like to see, right?
0: Well, yeah. I like I do love watching zits being popped and and that sort of thing. However, with the accidents, I'm like a the worst road rage. So I hate it when people slow down in front
1: of you me. You fucking deserve to die. That's you. I'm like,
0: what the fuck? Like, I get so mad just because they need to see an accent. Like, who fucking cares? Like, you've never seen a dead body before. Like, let's go. I mean, I think I watched too many movies. But so that, with the exception of that, I do understand that people really do just like to be, again, voyeurs. And they like to watch terrible things and terrible things happening to others, especially. And mm-hmm. some of the found footage I think is so great now or, or kind of plays on some of your fears because a lot of them i'd noticed recently have been using you know your camera and your laptop like somebody hacks the computer and they're watching you sort of thing and so like you know my students all have laptops from the school or whatever and i, I tell them all to put a little sticker on their yep. <laughs> their camera mm-hmm. because i don't know what per- you know they're crazy they go on whatever websites they don't understand viruses i go oh, some fucking perverts probably watching you you know just mm-hmm. put a sticker on the uh, the webcam i mean I, I know that's being paranoid but.
1: No, it's not. I just did a no, marketing it's event. Really made not. five thousand custom little slider sticker things. Is because it's so important. That was my my top giveaway. Was people being so excited? Oh, I slid it across. I slid it back, Just so they don't get peeped on while they're jerking the gherkin. <laughs>
0: hey. <laughs> well, yeah, because people. I mean, we did have an incident at um, at UCF a couple of years back where some of the kids were getting. Um, hacked their phones were getting hacked and somebody was like exploiting them to like we're gonna sell this video of you jerking off to porn if you don't pay us and they were like hacking the college students yeah and i'm like thank god i didn't have a smartphone when i was in
1: college (laughs) and they do it a lot like it's been in mr robot and all sorts of stuff there's like people being seen when they're like their most intimate most vulnerable that's one of the i think why Paranormal activity is so extraordinary compared to a lot of found footage. It is a boring fucking movie. It's in one room for most of it, but mm-hmm. it's where people are inherently vulnerable. It's a place where you don't get to see most people. Like, even if I hung out at your house, am I going to your room? No, like, especially no. it's like a very adult thing, right? When you're a kid, you go to the friend's room and that's where you say, because that's, that's your little area. But as adults, it's the reverse where it's like, you could be in literally any part of my house. But if you go yeah. into my bedroom, I will beat you with a sock full of quarters. Mm-hmm.
2: That's the door that's always closed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's
1: where I get my me time once a month. <laughs> my wife.
2: Well,
0: yeah. but, I mean, and that's the thing, too, because it's like, I, I don't know if I could sit through Blair Witch. I'm, everyone loves Blair Witch, and I remember at the time being scared of it, but I think I was like in fifth grade when that movie came out. So I was still a kid, and then we lived, you know, in upstate New York, and there was woods all around us. so that kind of scared me but watching it now and every time I see all the boogers coming out of her face I'm like is this really necessary and I feel like so many found footage movies have the camera in the face like that because of Blair Witch or maybe they got it from something else I don't know but I just think even I watched the Collingwood story yesterday and she was doing it and I'm like are we copying Blair Witch with that like come on yeah, Because nobody ever holds the camera like that. Like when you're FaceTiming somebody, you want to look adorable, right? Like you're not going to be putting the camera like under your, I don't know, that's just me. Oh, I'm the just... gullet.
1: That's what I, I, I yeah. cannot, I like, always no look <laughs> down... If you ever Facetime me, I'm like this. I'm like MySpace angles, circa 2008. Yeah, like, yeah no, it's a
0: double chin.
1: <laughs> but now as I'm getting older, my forehead's getting bigger, so the MySpace angles are also doing worse. So I have to like this very narrow, like kind of Dutch angle weird thing I have to do. I'm like, hey, what's up, girl? And you're like, is there lens flare? What the fuck?
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. And so I just I don't know. I like it. I think it's a again. I enjoy this genre, and so I'm glad that we're talking about it today because I don't think we've covered it at all. And Except for, I think we talked about dash cam actually in a couple episodes before that because Mikey had seen it and he really liked it. So,
1: well, he was probably wrong. Well, he has make very sure you bad him
0: taste. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, he's friends with us, so
1: hence the bad taste. But, uh, <laughs> Travis, before we got on, he we were talking about our old pal Gene, uh-huh. who back. 2020, I think it was we did Systemus, which was celebrating Travis's film Sist. <laughs> and I, you know, I interviewed Gene Jones and Jason Douglas and Eva. And everybody was so great. Also, you were okay, I guess, too, Travis. But I was mediocre, yeah. He was in a movie called The Sacrament, which was delightful, especially seeing it after seeing his insight in our discussion when he's talking about what he's doing and the and the kind of play he's doing internally and seeing how it like just comes across his face. That was such a great genre of it. And I'm kind of seeing more of that where it's like slightly better quality found footage where this was like, oh, we were going to make a documentary kind of, or like Midsummer, kind of to an extent where you're talking about like this kind of scuttlebutt about it, where it's, you feel almost like you're part of that group. Travis, you worked with Gene. Did you have any insight as far as that movie or anything otherwise?
2: He hasn't been interviewed a lot, which is to me a very, you know, it's unfortunate because he's just filled with knowledge. And, you know, you, you did your interview with him and it was like legitimately one of the best interviews I've heard because, you know, the research was good. And like you, when you get Gene interested or excited about something when he speaks, I mean, you've got to listen because whatever comes out his mouth, it's it's just going to be knowledge and it's got to be stuff that you're going to retain. So working with Gene, I mean, I can't even like compare it to anything else. You know, when when we're down having dinner, like it's it's such a weird table. It's me, George Hardy, Darren Ewing and Gene Jones, all of us at like a dinner table. And, you know, yeah, it's it's Gene talking about his upbringing and how like, you know, Robert Duvall was really cool to him as, you know, he was younger and on a movie and, and Robert Duvall kind of like took him under his wing and was like, you know, do this and, and don't do that. So Gene kind of created this thing where anytime he's in a movie, he does that with a younger actor. He always makes sure that he goes out of his way to work with someone else. And then, yeah, another thing is, you know, we're we're talking about the sacrament because I, I obsess over the sacrament. You know, I, I love Ty West. So that was kind of my first question because it was my first time meeting him. And I was like, you know, I I think you're brilliant in the sacrament. and Just your your monologue, just everything about you was perfect. And he went in and, you know, there's apparently there's an extended cut of his speech that goes at least 10 minutes longer. What? And yeah, it's apparently even it's apparently even longer. And from what he said, after the sacrament had came out, literally Tarantino wrote a part in The Hateful Eight. For Gene Jones based on that, you know, his sacrament performance. Because Gene was like, you know, I originally there was no role for me in Hateful Eight. That character didn't exist. But Quentin called me up and was like, You're brilliant, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he he wrote that character for him. So, you know, yeah, Gene is one of those actors that just filled with stories, a genuinely nice person, but just you know, it's it's the learning tree. Like anytime you're around them, you gotta listen. But going back to it, you know, yeah, it's it it's, it is considered a found footage movie. It was Vice, wasn't it? Was was Vice the one that was filming it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that and that was during like, I mean, I know Vice is still a thing, but like Vice was pretty hot around that time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that also added some the legitimate factor, which is, you know, kind of what you want, the the gold at the end of the rainbow with a found footage movie is is you want people to believe. And having, you know, a brand like Vice, you know, pop at the beginning, it's like Oh, you know, I know this is a movie, but just having this Vice logo, which is, you know, uh, a news company, Mm -hmm. it does. It it makes you kind of believe just a little bit more, even though, you know, when you you back out and, you know, you open your eyes and you realize you're watching a movie on a TV. But still, it does. It it adds that extra factor. And I think that was one of the cool things about The Sacrament. And also, it's not a bloody film. And I think that's one thing I I do like about found footage is yes I, I love the you know the goriest of gory movies i i love them all but there's times where you know i i don't want all of that i i want to pay attention to dialogue i, I want to see how people you know are acting and interacting and with a movie like sacrament yeah it's like you, you listen to the dialogue you you listen to people how, how they sp- like just every little detail about that movie and i i think the payoff is really well done because Yeah, it's it's not gory. It's still a horror movie, but it doesn't rely heavily on, you know, blood and guts. And I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the other reasons why, you know, I, I really do like this genre, because, yes, there are found footage movies that can be really graphic, but the ones that, you know, in my opinion, are good you don't see any blood and I am obsessed with the Blair witch. And that's one where you don't, you don't see anything. There's, Nothing. it's just like based on, you know, things they hear in the woods. Like it's all sound. That's another thing is like, yep. if you can create that much tension just based off of sounds, it's a win-win you made a successful movie.
1: There's so many things that I want to pick on what you just said, but sound is such a huge one. Sound is so fake and found footage because it has to be good. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, think about how terrible, most sound is the tininess the re- the resonance the sibilance all those sounds that you don't like that are just cacophonous to your ears you're like no 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 this isn't the way it's supposed to sound like even sh- film something on your phone in your bedroom and you're going to hear all of these reverberations that you never hear in your normal life and it just feels odd and bad and so whenever i watch found footage it's always the audio where i'm like okay this is meant to look like found footage. This isn't just somebody filming on a camcorder because when it's done really well, you don't have that taking you out. So you get the visual benefit, but also not the auditory distraction, right? I mean, it, like, to me, bad audio is almost as distracting like if you try to shoot an entire movie in portrait instead of landscape, because it just takes me out. And, and when it's done really well, it, it can be so immersive. And then, okay, going back, the blood. All right, <laughs> yes. this is the good, the, the good business. I don't know if you have ever actually watched somebody die but it takes an extraordinary little amount of gore to have that happen and so yep. when you see it in real life and then you see it That's in quick. like a found footage film you're like oh this is very very similar at times uh you, mm-hmm. you watch somebody get shot i've never seen somebody fly who's been shot you know it's very, very meager, and when you realize how delicate people are. That's one thing that I'm really glad that the genre has almost like defiantly maintained, is it's like, no, we're going to be sensible in this rare, because I've never seen like a battle royale version of a found footage film where you just have (laughs) geysers of blood, right? And I think that's really important to the genre. Eight, do you have anything to pick on, the two things I picked on from what Travis was saying?
0: (laughs) Well, okay, well, to your point about the gore, I never really need the gore. One if we're talking about the sacrament, the sacrament has enough horrific things in it already that you really don't need it. I think watching them inject the babies with the serum and, you know, the mom, they don't show her slitting the daughter's throat, but you know that's what she did. Yeah. And so dealing with that, I think is just horrific enough to where you don't really need the gore because just knowing that these babies are dying and these people are you know, killing their kids and everything is just horrific enough in and of itself. And then if we look at like a movie like Creep, for example, is Creep all the way found footage? Yeah.
2: For the most part. Yeah. I I literally just recommended that to someone because they're like, I don't know anything about found footage. And I'm like, Creep's a good place to start.
0: Seriously, the scariest fucking movie. Like, I every time I watch it, I'm like, what am I, why am I watching this? Because I think about it. He's just so fucking creepy. Like just the Mm -hmm. way he is and the way he's, you know, I mean, yeah, obviously the ax in the head is one thing, but I don't even think you see anything. You you just see him hit him over Mm -hmm. the head. But Sorry that my neighbor is in my hallway fucking with me today because my dog keeps barking. But yeah, like, you know, a
1: huge penis to be fucking with you from the hallway.
0: Oh my God. (laughs) Somebody do you hear that. I hate you. So uh, (laughs) I love you. Just kidding. But yeah, no, I just think that you didn't have to see the blood squirting out of his head. Like just knowing Mm -hmm. that he's standing behind him and the guy won't turn around. (laughs) I'm just like, what is going on? (laughs) Like, why is this happening? So it's just, there's so many like different found footage films that really are that really get to you and you don't need all of the, the, I guess, the smoke and mirrors that, some of our other favorite films have. I mean, I do love gore, like, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if it's necessarily needed in something like this.
2: Yeah, that's correct. I mean, and like, even to your point with creep, yeah, you don't see like the blood coming out, you know, for, for the ax chop. It's, and it's, it feels like an eternity when he's standing behind them and Mm -hmm. and I love that. That's one of the things I loved about creep is, you know, normally at least 90% of the time in a movie like that, he's just coming up and he's chopping it off. You're seeing blood, you know, you're seeing all that stuff. But the fact that he stands there for like a good minute and the then mo- like, the like they actually hold on it. Like, I think that's like a, you know, kind of a ballsy move for a movie to do just to stay on that one scene for kind of an extended period of time. And then, cause you, you know, you're, you're on edge and that's like, again, that's you make a successful movie if you know at any point your audience is uneasy or on edge and that scene is is a prime example of it um and yeah i i love creep i love creep too uh Mm -hmm. but yeah both you know really really good movies Mm -hmm. for sure
1: for sure are there any other standouts that you really dig on trav can i call Um, you trav
2: if you want, yes. Yeah. But yeah, no. You can you can call me anything. You've called me what? Courtney loves anus, or yes, well, yes. Okay, I, I knew it was something along the lines of that. So yeah, at this point, uh, get
1: a best friend necklace. And you know how it's like a heart that's broken and has best friends. <laughs> My half could be uh, Courtney loves anus, and yours could be Kurt Cobain's tummy. And that they could be like a sphincter um, and some large intestines going up, and then just plug them together. Wow. So even though you're it, in Nashville I mean, and I'm in California, we're always together.
2: We're always together. Aww. What color would it be? That's the question.
1: The inside of a colon. So like a purplish brown?
2: Purplish brown? Okay. Can I be the brownish color <laughs> and you be the purplish color?
1: You get it. Of course. Okay.
2: Hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. No, in terms of, of found footage, you know, and this was like, it was like one of my favorite things about teaching found footage as a class. You know, we, we get to go back all the way to the the beginning. And I never showed my students this. And it's not like something that like I, I want to do repeat viewings of, but you know, one of the original films that's considered found footage is Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. And you know, it, it's really kind of interesting to me because I hadn't seen it since college. Mm. And I, I revisited it recently. So like, actually, God bless Grindhouse releasing. So the only thing that like, you know, really bugs me, I think it bugs most people is the the actual animal killings that happened yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Like I fast forward, you know, I look down, like I know when those parts are coming up. But, mm-hmm. you know, Grindhouse just did a it's been a couple of years since they've released it, but a DVD and a Blu-ray where there's actually a version that has all of the cruelty stuff taken out. I love that. To me, it makes it more, much more enjoyable um, because it is such a fantastic film. You know, it's literally goes all the way back to what we started our conversation with and, you know, the voyeur aspect of, of us as Americans is, you know, the whole point of Cannibal Holocaust is these news reporters and documentarians exploiting a cannibal tribe for their own thing and and you know they're they're setting fire to their tribe like yeah. they're they're stirring up all this stuff and they're doing it because they want you know they they want that money shot they they want to come home to new york or wherever it is and and get all this money for this really just you know crazy footage so i think you know i, I that's one of the reasons why i really respect cannibal holocaust um another reason is just it's just so gritty. Like the first half, uh, you know, it's obviously like the setup, like he has to go over and retrieve these film canisters. But that last, you know, half hour or so or whatever it is, is just so incredible. I mean, that that's the found footage aspect of Cannibal Holocaust. So, you know, starting there, I, I really enjoy it. I, I don't consider it a full-fledged found footage film, yeah. but there are aspects to it. And even, you know, Blair Witch directors, they've, they've both gone on record and saying, like, they didn't know about Cannibal Holocaust when they made Blair Witch Project. And they said they've they've both said this. And it's like, if they would have seen it, they wouldn't have made Blair Witch, which I think is just like I, 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 it's something I probably think about every day just because it's such a it's just a heavy thing to take in because, you know, if we didn't have a Blair Witch Project. I don't think we would. I I don't. I think maybe there would be some found footage stuff, but I don't think a lot of the imitators would have had much to work with if Blair Witch didn't happen. So, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, to hear that, like for Eduardo Sanchez to be like, yeah, we wouldn't have done it if we would have saw Cannibal Holocaust. So, that's really interesting to me.
1: But and it's so interesting because they're the genres. I mean, I guess would be the same the subject matter is so different, the presentation is so different. And it's so interesting to think that like, you almost cauterize the wound and nothing else comes out of it, right? If you do that, and I would never have put those side by side necessarily if thought one would be dependent. So it's kind of interesting to think of like all the things that we might have based on ignorance, because of people being willing to have that potential overlap or potentially like, quote, unquote, ripping off.
2: Yep. And that's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah, and it isn't with both of them. People, I remember, well, I read with Cannibal Holocaust that they thought so many people thought it was real Mm -hmm. and what's his name got in trouble and all this shit.
2: Yeah, Dare Dare
0: Yeah, and then the same thing with my rich project, people thought it was real. And I remember they had that little, little website. You guys remember when there was dialogue back then and Mm -hmm. you go and click on the website. We all thought it was real. You know, I mean, and I, I think that's one thing, the sad thing about technology, the way it is now is that we know that all of this is, you know, isn't real. Right. But I think when you, when you go back then, it's so hard to, you know, to disprove these things because you can't just go on Google and figure it out. So
1: you were using Alta Vista and stuff at that point.
0: <laughs> oh my god!
1: Uh, I love it.
0: <laughs> but I mean, even talking about like something like the Collingwood story, for example, like just just seeing that for them doing their you know what they're doing in 2002, I think is just amazing because like this was something that we never would have you know nobody did back then. Like nobody knew how to use any of that shit back then. I mean, I don't even think. I I don't, I only looked so much into it and the programs or whatever, but I mean, the first time I ever used any kind of video camera was Skype. And that was when you had to like connect a webcam to your computer, like it wasn't even in the computer yet. So, you know, just seeing this, this technology back then and like them having to like plug it into the phone line to get it to work and stuff. i like I remember those days. That's so fun. I just, I mean, it's very nostalgic. I think, and it was very effective for for what it did. So, I, I actually really enjoyed it because I had never seen it before. So, thank you for suggesting it because I never would have watched it or even known it existed unless You're you You're very
2: welcome. And you know, yeah, I'm
0: glad you watched it. And I'm glad, like the even just
2: like the things you picked up on. I, I just, I love hearing stuff like that because that's one of my things. Just about with any movie, I. You know, obviously you have your own feelings about the movie, but I love hearing other people's opinions and like things that they pick out because it adds, you know, the next time I see it, like, you know, oh, it said this, then I'm going to watch it be, and look for those things. So it's it's really cool for, you know, to hear you say that, because now when I go back and watch Collingswood, you know, I, I might go back in with a different set of eyes. And yeah, like Collingswood is, is a really interesting one. I actually hadn't seen it until I started doing research for my found, found footage class. And it was one of the ones that had came up. So I think I, you know, searched it out. This was really interesting. So it was actually one that we watched in class. And there was a point like it's it is a very kind of realistic feeling because it's just like essentially there's probably like four characters, but it's really focused on two and we all like we were watching it in class and it's like we all started to feel like really uneasy and it just gave us like i don't know even like the students and myself and my teacher's aide like we all just had like this really uneasy feeling and we ended up turning it off we we didn't finish it we you know kind of said okay if you want to like Finish this movie, you know, you could do it outside of class. So later that day, I think I would teach at like noon or one. Later that day, I was like, I need to revisit this because this is definitely a a big part of the found footage movement. And I rewatched it and I'm like, this is host, you know, this is Rob Savage's host, and which I love. I, I will not say a bad thing about that movie, but I'm like, this movie was so far ahead of its time and really no one knows about it. And it really stuck with me to the point where I reached out to the director, Mike Costanza, and I, you know, I told him like, I want to have you on as a guest, but literally built a friendship. I had a three hour conversation with him on the phone one night. And I I just rambled on kind of like what I'm doing now. I rambled on about how much I loved Collingswood story and, and how innovative, innovative it was and I basically told him, like, I think you should be making millions off of this movie because, you know, you, you have so many movies that have came out since then. And I don't think they even have gotten that technology correct. I mean, this guy, like, like I said, it's, I don't even, I asked him and he told me, but it's like, it's, it's a different form of like instant messenger. Like it's yeah. a video instant messenger, yeah. but yeah, you have to stay plugged in with a phone line. There's actually a really funny scene in the movie where one of the characters is going up to an attic, the phone line gets caught. So there's like this struggle with her trying to get the phone line unhooked. That actually happened. I guess the actor, like it literally got hooked and there was a struggle. So like that little thing, but no, it's just, it's really cool to me, like using whatever technology is at your disposal at that time and making something really cool, really cool and creative out of it. Uh, is essentially, you know, one of the main reasons why I really do enjoy calling to its story.
1: And for those of you who don't know what Travis is talking about, when it comes to like the little video window, it's kind of like a Skype thing. If you want the best comparison, think of version one, Matt Hardy, who is on the Smackdown brand, and it would have like a little image in the side, and he'd be like picture and picture and have Matt facts. That's what I think of when I see this.
0: I, there's a lot of like. Oh my god! Of course, of course.
1: It looks just like it. Don't give me crap.
0: Well, all of that aside, there was one comment that the guy in the movie John makes in the movie, and he says, like, just "At one point, Mattitude Matt built...
1: version one is that what he says?
0: No, he does not oh. say that, Jake. Oh my god, a cruel
1: twist of fate.
0: <sighs> anyway, oh
1: boy, <laughs> no, here we go.
0: Here we go. What is these? Oh, she so she starts filming things around town, but she has to just email video and at one point he was like yeah you're getting carried too carried away with that because it, they take forever to download I'm like oh my god
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like remember you couldn't even watch a little file jump to the other thing and I just I mean it's so funny hearing that now because we remember that right so that's like such a nice touch but it, it, back then that would have been normal right so I just love love like the stupid little not stupid little things but like the little details that kind of you know, especially when you're first using those things Because, like, she doesn't know how to use it at first Or she doesn't, you know And then, aside from all of that I don't know if you've seen it, Jake But that girl was like, super bitchy to this guy The whole movie like, Oh,
1: Stephanie D's nuts?
0: I, I don't know That's her last like... name is D's Oh, okay Nuts? But I wrote it down, but, I mean, I never really see any of these people anyway So, I I mean, it's found footage, usually The, the, the friend was a lot of fun I love that he w- woke up in the pumpkin guts Like he was a hot mess That was so funny but like, you know, she was just really cruel to him the entire movie. And I'm like, why does he fucking care what happens to her? I'm like, I'm just gonna hang yeah. up the phone now. I don't have to call her back. Cause you know, I could just unplug the computer, the 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 battle's over. That's all, that's it. So but that was the only other thing I had to say about it. I thought it was really realistic because I could see people behaving that way. And for something to happen you know, so early like that and using the technology to their advantage, I think it's like so innovative, I never knew existed and I'm really sad that I didn't know that it existed, because I would have watched it back then, you know, but whatever.
1: And the only place I found it right now is on Amazon Prime. Is that correct? You guys have a, a sweet yeah. hookup.
2: I mean, I guess after someone talks you, you're off for three and a half hours about your movie, you're obliged to send that person a Blu-ray copy of said movie. So yeah, I was able, lucky enough to get a uh, kind of advanced version of the Collinswood story on Blu-ray. But yeah, it's it's on Amazon. Uh, it might be on a couple other platforms.
0: I think it's on Pluto, but I Pluto sucks. So I would not recommend that to anybody. I agree with you on
2: that. (laughs) Let me ask you this though, about Collinswood story. Um, Do you like, if you showed that to some, like one of your friends that maybe doesn't like horror movies, what do you think their reaction to a movie like that would be?
0: Well, I can tell you Dan's reaction was like, he came out and he's like, this is the most horrible movie because he could hear it from the other (laughs) room. And then he walks back out of the room and I'm like, thanks, honey, appreciate you. So, I mean, he doesn't care for horror movies. So like that to me, I think, And plus I don't, I don't want to say he's a guy, but he's a guy, it's a slow burn. So Mm -hmm. it's just, I think you just have to kind of like know your audience a little bit. Like if it was somebody that I know enjoys like my girlfriend doesn't care for horror movies, but she loves a good, like, you know, something interesting like that. I think that they would enjoy it. So like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, a mystery too. It's like a little bit of a thriller. Like he's got to figure this out. Like you don't really know what's going on yet. And you start picking up on things and what some of the characters say, if you're really listening and that was like, cause I was listening and I was listening to when the psychic was talking at one point and I'm like, Oh, this bitch is going to do something. Like I knew it. And it, mm-hmm. and, it, and I kind of feel like paranormal activity. And that sound sort of pulls from that too. So I don't know if they did or not. I, that was the extent of my research. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I was, you know, I, I just, I figured, well, you know, what the hell I think it's, I think it, it's effective for people who are not afraid of a slow burn and are actually good at paying attention. Jake, I not love you, me. but it's not for you now. Not for me. <laughs> Go to the end. The end is really good, actually.
2: Okay, I might do that. Yeah, the end. The end is fantastic.
0: Yeah. It's a good payoff. It's a really good payoff at the end. So I think it was worth it anyway. Like
1: a though. money shot? Mm,
0: in terms
2: of found footage, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Whatever that means. I I just made that up on the fly, literally. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, there is kind of a you know a very rewarding ending. So I guess you could technically call that uh, a money shot. I mean,
0: I screamed. I did scream. Like I did. And so
2: it's intense. Yeah.
0: That was when Dan ran back in the room and wanted to see what the hell was going on. And he did watch (laughs) the ending. So, but no comments. I didn't get a comment out of it. So I couldn't, I can kind of tell you firsthand how some people might react to it. But that's, that's to be expected. It's not like for, if we're going to compare, like if you look at VHS versus VHS 2. Which one has more of a pull, in your opinion?
2: As a pull? I mean, VHS 2.
0: VHS 2, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I like
2: VHS 1, you know, in terms of which one I like. Gosh, we could do a whole podcast about this. But <laughs> the final story, I think it's the final story in the first VHS film where they, they you know, it's Halloween and they're going to that party and they go oh, to the yeah. house. I, I just, th- I'm like upset. Like I could... I usually do. But when I watch VHS, I'll fast forward just to that segment, because I love it so much. But no, and you know, with your question, 100% VHS too. Uh, there's there's no, you know, it's like a 100 to one pretty much.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it takes what VHS, the first one had, and it sort of I think goes like, you know, just, I, I can't really think of the word for it right now. But just in terms of, storylines for each of the stories and just sort of I guess because the first one the quality of it I was supposed to be bad but there were times and I watched it when I first watched it my the bulb in my tv was going out because you know it was a flat screen it still was a tube tv so like
1: yeah that was when I first watched
0: it yeah so like uh you know I'm like I can't fucking see what's going on so the second one I think is for in terms of quality it was a lot it's a lot more you know whatever but it just the storyline for the cult one especially so fucking good like i mean you're watching Mm -hmm. it and you're just like (gasps) like it's just you know it just gives me good and i and i'm sad because i don't think the third one quite really has that Mm -hmm. you know at all because the first one was so good because of what it was and the second one takes it and just you know ups the ante and then we have the third one i'm like meh i don't even think i really remember many segments of the third one so
2: and i think they wanted to recapture the flame because like how many people loved VHS Mm two, you know, obviously there was enough for people to like VHS one to make a second one. But I think based on the strength alone, the second VHS movie, um, I mean, I've seen movies where they've kind of taken things from certain segments in VHS two. So it's just like, yeah, it's a very powerful movie. I think it definitely made, I mean, without that, the third one wouldn't happen, but you know, I, I do, I kind of think they should have stopped there, but you know, Hey, if, if you make money on one thing, you're probably going to make money on another thing. So I, I understand that logic at least.
1: For one sure. good turn sure. deserves another, right? So we have a homework assignment that I assigned us at the beginning. We have to come up with a found footage film starring Rue from Streets of Rage 2. Uh, shall I start? Are we doing this as a one word story? How do you guys want to do this pitch meeting? I like the idea of you going first. We set on the streets of rage you see there's a a young kangaroo and you're like why is there a kangaroo then you pan out and you see it's like a a burnt out uh, pet store windows smashed open and then you see like an armadillo and an emu and it's an exotic pet store and they're all on the loose aid what happens then
0: Oh my God, I don't even know this video game. Jesus Christ,
1: a woman (laughs) is taking an IG video of herself and in the background she sees the kangaroo and so she flips the camera's orientation to forward and she starts filming the kangaroo Travis what is what happens when she starts <laughs> filming kangaroo
2: well I think she starts filming the kangaroo and I'm also like I kind of want to like a little bit of a backstory I would like to add apparently yes. like, I would say like the woman or someone the woman's with has done something like wrong to these kangaroos like mm, you know something sodomy. like okay yes sodomy we can go there okay. uh, so yes that's what happened <laughs> so yes that's what happened and you know there there's already this conflict created from that so you know the and they're animals they you know they they understand when there's been some kind of conflict so yes she she puts on the camera and somehow this kangaroo like it understands like i'm gonna get revenge on this person so the kangaroo literally leads her to you know, whether it's like a den of kangaroos, mm. but it the movie basically, you know, I think has a climax because I'm going to let Aid do the, the, the finale. But I think the climax is you get introduced to this, you know, cavern of, of kangaroos. And I think from there, it's like, you know, she's still got her phone. She's still filming. But what happens after she's in this kangaroo cave?
1: kind Of rip off the end of uh Blair Witch, the camera hits, and then she's just in the scene. <laughs> yep. Aid, what's going on? What's happening to her in the dead
0: <laughs> Well, like any of these films, right? She's trying to get away. And I guess the person she's with does not. And she watches them get mutilated by the kangaroos. Oh, wouldn't that be fun if they chopped off the head and it was in one of the pouches and they were just hopping around with the head in the pouch? Like, I like that. Wouldn't that be I adorable? Love that. I love that.
1: A cop so, stops and frisks. What do you got in here? Looks in the pocket, two it's eyes staring back end. at the cop. That's the end. That's the finale.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: You know how cops who's, racially who's profile Australian <laughs> kangaroos, right? I mean, it's very prejudicial of them. So there's just a kangaroo minding its own business on the streets of rage. Cop comes up, starts hassling them. Turns out cop was right this time.
0: Oh, they get really big, right? So they I get mean... really
2: big and they're very
1: protective. Like
2: you're not supposed to be anywhere near them, basically. <laughs>
0: That's yeah. a plausible ending to anything, right? Like it could happen.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. Also, yeah, get, uh, Jake, I, I kind
1: of ask, ask you this: How do we incorporate the boxing gloves? Oh, I don't think that they're gloves. I think they're someone's kidneys carved out of their body, stuck to the hands.
2: <laughs> oh, so, oh wow, so that's kind that of the second Genesis's graphics <laughs>
1: were really bad, so you thought that they <laughs> were boxing gloves, but it turns out they were kidneys the whole time.
2: <laughs> oh. Going back to our little uh, Drew Barrymore, (laughs) Kurt Cobain (laughs) best friends. (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right, uh, uh, Travis, is there anything that you're working on right now that you would like to share a little bit about before we go?
2: So, yes, actually, this Friday, I'm sure the, the episode will come out after the fact, but it will be available by that time. Uh, we did a movie. So, you know, earlier I had mentioned uh, working for a film school called Futures Explored that's for adults with disabilities. Uh, one one of the instructors, Rob, who is actually from Australia, of all places, Um mm. Me and him really hit it off. You know, I, I connected him with Greg and and George and and all these people. And you know, we're both aficionados of found footage. And he was telling me about this idea. And it's you know, group of group of filmmakers, kind of ghost adventure style, go into this abandoned school to investigate it. You know, all sorts of shit happens normal found footage kind of story with the twist ending and he was like do you think greg would do this and you know for i guess for actual purpose greg Sistero from the rooms astro artist this, all that stuff and he's like do you best think fiends. greg would be interested in best fiends yes best fiends. and i was like i think he would i was like let me let me ask him and i asked him and kind of gave him the, the rundown i was like you know listen this is going to be like pretty much all improv you know rob's gonna tell you like say a couple things and and you have to run with it and to this day and i i feel like i i say it so damn much maybe too damn much but it's greg at his best i mean it's because and i i think this is why so he gets his chance to really do improv and be himself and just being around him so often like he's he's one of the funniest person like ever like he is so damn funny he's a very dry sarcastic style of humor um he'll say something super funny and just like won't laugh or do anything and it's (laughs) it's that style of humor and he gets to use that in infrared and it's again it's like my favorite performance because it's Kind of like what we said, you know, Matt Hardy version. Like it's it's that. It's there's a character that this person is portraying. So yeah, in in infrared, Jeff, the owner's manual, that's his name in the movie. Is you know it's a it's a heightened version of Greg Sestero. It's it's a version of him that has you know different characteristics. So that's that's kind of like why I really liked it. But anyways. Ramble, ramble, ramble. Uh, that comes out this Friday. So by the time this episode comes out, I'm sure it'll still be streaming. So, you know, Amazon, like all that stuff, it'll it'll be streaming on the normal platforms. And then Syst is is finally out. We actually just had a company called Tapes from the Crypt and Retro Release Video did a VHS hot sauce combo. Yeah, it's it's Syst Plus hot sauce. Oh, uh, yes. When, when he mentioned <laughs> oh that to God. me, because, yeah, <laughs> we were uh, trying to come up, you know, we, I think we always wanted to do like the VHS idea was definitely set in stone. But, oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, you know, shirts, like we were kind of like tossing around ideas. And he's like, how do you feel about hot sauce? And I was like, sis hot sauce? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, that sounds incredible. So yes, there, there are combo packs available.
1: I'm looking at it online and it looks good. It looks too good though. I was hoping it'd be something more like a tartar sauce. This actually looks like hot sauce I would <laughs> Yeah, but
2: actually like it's, you know, like garlic. Yeah, it's like going probably more than likely actually gonna be really good hot sauce that people will probably use. Um, and hopefully it catches on because we own the licensing rights. So if, if that does turn into a Buffalo Wild Wings like flavor, Hopefully we get a little bit of kickback on that. Hell um, yeah, it's your retirement yeah, plan, dog. <laughs> yes, exactly. Retire on hot sauce. That, that was my goal, anyways. Um, so, yes, that's out. Uh, you can get the big box version. You can get a regular VHS uh, combos, all that sorts of stuff. Still available. Pre-order right now. The other big thing is so you know on top of of infrared coming out. Rob and Randy Nunall, who were the co-writers and co-directors of Infrared, pitched me this other movie, and it's called The Christmas Manual. And basically what The Christmas Manual is, it's a VHS style where it's, you know, three or four stories, big wraparound. So it is, it's very unique. Uh, and I think it's it's unique enough to get over, but it is a Christmas-themed anthology found footage movie. So all of the stories that are in this movie are all found footage and the wraparound is found footage and it's called the Christmas manual. And Greg returns from his infrared fame as Jeff. So same character from infrared. We get that.
1: So this is a sequel. That's also kind of leveraging an entirely new thing. That's pretty sweet.
2: That's cool. spiritual yeah. sequel. Yeah, it's yeah. a very you know, it's it's loosely based. So, like I, the cool thing is like you know, someone could just watch Christmas Manual and not even know Infrared exists and still enjoy it. But I think you know, for those who have watched Infrared. I mean, this might be wishful thinking, but I think there's going to be a lot of kind of like praise for Greg's character just because it's so good. And I think that's going to kind of create this appetite to see something like the Christmas manual where, you know, it's like, okay, now we really get to let Greg run loose. And the stuff that I've seen so far, because I'm I'm producing it remotely there in Sacramento, I'm over here in Nashville. So I've seen some of the Greg stuff. Cast-wise, this is uh, to me set up to be a very... Fun movie. Uh, we got Dave Sheridan, who played Officer Doofy in Scary
1: Movie. Oh yes, with the vacuum. The vacuum is returning too. Then yes, okay, <laughs> yes. Good. The that vacuum makes a concern. comeback.
2: Uh, but yes, you know, and he's in things like uh, Bubble Boy. More importantly, one of my favorite $500? roles of Dave. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, perfect. My, my favorite Dave Sheridan role is his, you know, very like small role. But in in Ghost World, uh, he plays uh, kind of someone that intervenes into a convenience store. And, you know, I, I'll let the, the, you know, the listeners check that out. But yeah, and he's always looked fantastic. That's one thing I'm like, dude, you're never you've never aged. You look fantastic. Um, so yeah, Dave Sheridan plays a character named Paranormal Perry uh he is a ghostbuster of sorts uh he's the person you call when you want to find out what's going on and you know maybe get rid of some spirits uh so very very fun stuff there um we also have Vernon Wells who is mainly known for he is one of the villains in the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Commando yeah and he is also in Mad Max 2 so, you know, heavy hitter from the eighties and he's continued well, acting also since in,
1: uh Power Rangers Time Force. Am I am I? He he is, yes, yes. He's the main bad is. guy. Yes, ah. absolutely. So yeah, Sorry. a lot of
2: people actually no a lot of people that worked on it uh were students. And a lot, you know, that's like the Power Rangers fame is really what got a lot of my students and myself and a few other people excited is like, yeah, this is you know, not only is this the guy from Commando, you know, but he's done Power Rangers, he's done voiceovers, like. He's you know he's he's energy. nonstop. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. So he you know again it's one of those actors that is like a Gene Jones. Like he's been around for so long. He has so many stories. He's someone that you know if you're working with him, you want to listen to every word he says because you know he is. He's he's a learning tree. Uh, he plays Santa in one of the found footage films. I'm
1: right. I could dig that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least, uh, we have Felissa Rose. So. Sleepwaker. Perfect. Oh wow. Um haven't so haven't actually filmed her stuff yet. We're probably gonna film that in September. But yes, so she'll be in it. So a lot of fun names, you know, kind of like a a a random assortment. But I feel like, you know, it it has appealed to everyone. You know, you've got the action fans with Vernon, you've got Dave Sheridan, who me and Rob, the director of infra, talk about this all the time. Like, we want to give him like a, a red rocket type movie where it's, you know, it's focused on him and it's like his real like breakout role. Cause he's such a phenomenal actor. He's super funny, got a great look. So we're hoping, you know, having this, we're working relationship with him We can maybe do more with him down yeah. the road. Um, so, yeah, we've got him and then, you know, Felissa obviously like huge following in terms of the horror world. Uh, she's only, you know, another person like Greg, and a few others who do these conventions and they're just widely respected. So it's, I always love hearing that like convention people that are really cool they their fans oh, because, yeah. you know, it's, it's a good dynamic to have. So yeah, that, you know, hopefully that comes out by Christmas, it's a Christmas movie, but if it doesn't come out until July of next year, also fine. Christmas in July. Um, so yes, <laughs> Christmas
1: manual, we've got that coming out. So when you said Christmas manual I thought you were talking about Santa doing like a nose wheelie on a skateboard.
2: <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> Let's let, hold on. Let's go back to Matt Hardy, Shannon Moore. They're also in the movie. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yes, I would love that too. <laughs> so, yeah, Christmas manual we're, you know, currently working on that. I guess in terms of like things actually coming out, Miracle Valley which was filmed right before CYST. Um, it's Greg's directorial debut, wrote, directed, starred. And it was one that I, I was able to co-produce. So we filmed some stuff in Falling Water in Pittsburgh, and then the rest of the film was filmed in Patagonia, Arizona. But unfortunately, CYST and Miracle Valley, like in terms of pre-production, were at the same time. So I didn't get to be on set for Miracle Valley, which was kind of a bummer. But you know, cyst was a lot of fun. So anyways, Miracle Valley, uh, it's been popping up in a couple screens that Greg's done. So like secret screenings and next month, uh, the Blu-ray will be out and then it will probably be on streaming platforms end of August, early September. Uh, it's a really cool, best way I can describe it is if anyone's ever seen the Peter Fonda movie Race with the Devil, it's a take on that breakdown. And then it's a, you know, it's a modern vampire film, because it's about a blood cult. But it's so, not like uh, a, the Danzig
1: modern. No, vampire film. Not, hey, thank God,
2: not the No, not nothing like that. Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, God, it's, you, it's you know, it's, yeah, it's a very, like, modernized vampire tale about a blood cult that wants a very specific type of blood. So that's what Miracle Valley is about. And then Last but not least, um, and this probably won't be, you know, something we do until next year, but we did announce Forbidden Sky, which is Greg's second directing flick. Uh, He is also starring in it, and it is an alien movie. Greg, when he spent some time in Arizona, uh, you know, got to be around a lot of people that were handing him legitimate UFO stories, and he really got fascinated with it um, to the point where, you know, he's like we got to make a UFO movie. And I was like, I would love that. So I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of Art Bell. Uh, I love Art Bell. I think he's just brilliant. He is a, you know, his, his stories like for anyone that doesn't know who he is, he, you know, he had a very like AM radio type stuff. He would interview UFO people, Bigfoot enthusiasts, you know, he had a really cool show that he would do once a year called ghost to ghost, where he would basically, Erase the format, and he would let callers call in and tell ghost stories.
1: I play on his show, Coast to Coast, for those of you who don't Coast know. Coast
2: to Coast AM, yes. And, you know, I, I've always just been fascinated with him. I think he just has one of the best voices for radio. Just an incredible person. So being able to kind of, like, part of the research is listening to a lot of his episodes so there's the infamous one where, you know, he is talking to someone that's apparently flying over Area 51 or he's by Area 51 and all of a sudden the caller drops out and the radio show drops out like everything drops out. So there's a lot of episodes like that where it's, you know, being used as as references. So yeah, UFO movie called Forbidden Sky. It's me, Greg, and then the person doing the score is Daniel Plattsman. Uh He's the drummer from Imagine Dragons. So right, really cool, like, you know, again, kind of like Christmas Manium, just very cool dynamic mixes of, of different worlds. Um, and I think, you know, yeah, mine and Greg's like obsession with UFOs and, and alien culture is going to make this a really strong movie, but a really fun movie. So... Yeah. Lots of, lots of fun stuff happening right now. And of all things like I want to do a cannibal movie. Yes. <laughs> ah, I, <love laughs> I, I, I don't know a lot of the details yet, but I, I keep tossing around the idea to Tyler who directed cyst and Texas cotton. Yeah. I, I, I want to, I really want to do a cannibal film. I, I don't know like the details of it. Um, but I want to do like a modernized cannibal film. Uh, and I want to take like, aspects from you know what i mentioned earlier about cannibal holocaust is you know uh, how they were like really the cannibals did nothing wrong they were basically protecting their land
0: yeah
2: will come in and essentially you know take over so i i want to have that kind of like reality base like i don't want it just to be a, a hardcore cannibal tearing people up chewing and like i want to have some kind of meaning and some kind of structure behind it if that ever happens i don't know but that's an idea that I've I've personally
1: been tossing around. So, hopefully, it happens. Hell yeah! We're gonna say that in the, when you say modern, you're gonna say it in the suburbs, or are you just meaning like a <laughs> 21st century.
2: I, I might have to uh, give you a special thanks or a IMDb credit for that because <laughs> that's brilliant.
1: <laughs> I love that
2: shit. I mean, I, just... I did not have that in mind, but um, yeah, upper
1: class suburbs, Hollywood Hills. Yeah, I'll sign you the thing. You get it for free. You don't even have to give me credit. I I just to see it in action would be fun for me. It'd be no, like, but using that, the, like I I
2: really appreciate it. like that's you know what I said earlier is just like getting, yeah, that's cr- having creative types. We're all yeah. three super creative and intelligent and funny, and like all this stuff. And like hearing that, like, oh, okay, like, yes, maybe a cannibal film set in the suburbs would be something different enough that. It it could be something that could be
1: done. Yeah. There's a a, a site that you could use. It used to be dall E MIDI and now it's Crayon. So it's C R A I because it's AI images. And so you give it a prompt and it gives you nine pictures. And so I I wonder when that's just gonna take over for like concept art for films. Cause just like any whim of an idea you have, you can put in like I did, like, you know, I recreated the ending of the novelization of Robocop. And it was better than I could have fucking drawn it. And it took you know <laughs> 90 seconds to create. And so just that, like I could put in like suburban uh, cannibal and I'm sure we could get something. Maybe we'll make a t-shirt out of it. I don't know. Well, the brilliant
2: thing to that though is like from, again, from a producing standpoint is if you use a website like that, you don't have to pay someone to design a poster. You just design it that way. <laughs> oh <my> like, <laughs> Do something and that's something someone should do. And I don't know if I'd be the person, but someone needs to make a movie and the poster art is done in MS Paint, like Microsoft. I love it. And it's like, you know, yeah, like that to average people, that probably sounds super weird. And like, why would you ever do that? But it's like, if you saw, you know, if, if you're like scrolling through things on Amazon or Netflix and you see something that was made in MS Paint, you're going to stop and at least watch the trailer or look at it. So not that crazy of an idea,
1: I guess. I'm actually running the uh, AI algorithm for suburban cannibal right now. So aid, why don't you do our plugs? And then when we close out, I'll share the screen and then we can close out.
0: Okay. Well, thank you again, Travis, for joining us today. We had a lot of fun. Very welcome. Yay. So anytime you'd like to come back or if there's anything you'd like to discuss, just reach out to us. We're happy to have you on, um, You know, it's a lot of fun and it's just really cool, like hearing, you know, different perspectives every now and again. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) and not just the same, you know, five of us mumbling around. So, uh, with that, you can follow us on Instagram at slashers pod or Facebook at slashers podcast. If you want to support us monetarily or just, you know, stop in and and give us a dollar and get an episode early, whatever you can support us on patreon.com slash slashers pod. Or you can get a t-shirt, which Travis here should be getting there, I think, in the next couple of days. So you'll have to post. Yay. Uh, You can go to slasherspod.redbubble.com for any any and all designs by Jake because he's got so many of them and they're so much fun. My personal favorite being the Mars Rats t-shirt, obviously, because I just love it. So we have that. And you can also follow all of us individually on, on Instagram. Travis, you're on Instagram, so I guess you know if people want to follow you, they can. <laughs> yeah,
2: they certainly can. That's where I—I'm I, not on Face. I mean, I have a Facebook, but I don't post. So yeah. yeah, Instagram's where it's at.
0: Yeah, the Boomer book is not really fun anymore. So you know, no, it's really it. not. It's fun,
2: like you mentioned that, but it's like it's really fun to look at what like my mom and her sisters are posting. Like I, I go there for like family content, just to see what they're using Facebook for. But yeah, Instagram's kind of like more my motif.
0: It's the thing. So, you know, there's that. Or you can also follow our Mutant Goons page on Instagram, Mutant Goons from Beyond. So please feel free to just give us a follow. Oh, and here's our thing. <laughs> oh, that's not terrifying. Thank you, Jake.
1: You're welcome. Suburban cannibal found footage film.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Looks like somebody's mug shot in the middle there.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Copyright, trademark, pending, uh, subsidiary of podcast. I would like really to that
2: to myself because there was an image in there that I would 100% use. For sure. Oh,
0: I'm just glad he didn't put my name in it this time. So thank you, Jack. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, because it comes up with like a kind of a. Usually, it's like a husky, saucy lady who's in her like late 30s, early 40s. When I put in her name, which is like what so <laughs> every <bad>. time.
0: <laughs> I like wake up and there'll be like five of them there. I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Because so. I
1: have no hobbies. <laughs> All right, gang. Well, for Adrian, for Travis, for the other hosts who aren't here. Persist, which is great, and infrared, which I'm sure will be great. My name is Jake, saying goodbye and good die.